0: We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Men from Modo. Digital strategies with Travis Sowers and David Seville. intellect, vast,
1: cool, and unsympathetic.
0: Broadcast to the world with the uncanny help of manner Deprived and face2faceGames.com. Greetings, people of Earth. We're the men from Odo, and you're listening to episode 74, Strongly Worded Letter. My name is David Seville, and I have Travis Sowers on the line again with me this week. How are you, sir?
1: I'm feeling like writing a letter, David.
0: Yeah, I, I cringed as I asked that question, actually. You didn't uh, didn't necessarily have a good stream day today, did you?
1: Well, I would say that every day is a good day when you are playing video games and hanging out with people and get to pretend that it's a job. So, you know, while this may have been one of the worst stream days as far as my attitude went, which is normally not something I have to deal with, uh, I usually keep a, a pretty tight rein on that, it's still way better than any of the days when I was in sales. So I really have no complaints. That is fair. Except, okay. except for about an hour's worth, which we're going to go through here.
0: That is fair. Yeah. So um, today's episode, we're going to be talking about a Rin again here. Dominary is kind of dwindling out um and we've only got a couple of weeks until m19 spoilers uh so we're gonna we're gonna have an episode here where you in particular but me as well i I do share some of these sentiments as well is uh we're, we're gonna talk about some of the not so great things in arena right now and um hopefully provide some constructive feedback but also maybe find the love of the game again i think um and uh, and and it starts with unfortunately talking about competitive draft and kind of the state of the format in arena so so you have been doing mostly competitive drafts for a couple of weeks now i want to say right mm-hmm. so, i made it to 10 days 10 days so you took all of your gems that you had invested online you took all of your gold you ran that gold into gems and you basically just chained as many drafts as you could um, before you ran out of gems so do you remember how many gems you you started with before before this all started it was
1: five thousand and something
0: okay so basically three drafts worth if you scrubbed out of every single one correct okay and do you have numbers on how many you chained together give or take
1: when i stopped keeping track of records i was 40 and eight those were individual game wins because I was doing some quick drafts here and there too because people wanted to watch um, Aether Revolt. So I, I, I don't know exactly how many. It felt like a lot. Like I think I was getting in around four drafts a day and I did it for 10 days. So I, I'm guessing around 40 throughout the conclusion of it, but we stopped keeping track of them at some point.
0: Right. And then over the last couple of days here, the last couple of streams, um, you essentially ran out of gems, right? Yep. And so what were you doing? You're just grinding like gold to get into quick draft, to get gems, to get into competitive draft. Is that what you're doing?
1: That, that's what I'd been doing. So like I, I had, I was at an 80% win
0: rate. Things are
1: going great. And I just scrubbed out hard three in a row. There was a train wreck draft where I, I forced something that wasn't quite open. There's another one where I, I don't think I did legitimately anything wrong and I just got beat like the cards didn't line up. And I think I made a mistake in one, like, I mean, bad beat stories or whatever. But I lost three in a row when I was out of gems. And I was like, well, that's not really that big a problem because I'm not actually out of gems. I just have like 900 and some left. So this won't be a problem. We'll grind out some gold. I'll do an Ixalan draft. I'll I'll do well in that. And then we can get back in another one. So that's precisely what I did. I, I got the five wins or whatever it was I needed in the Ixalan. Actually, I think I got six. Yeah, I almost got seven wins in it, Um, (laughs) and it it was worth it to me to draft Rivals again uh, to give it a go, but it was a pretty good white-black dinosaur deck, which was the first time I'd ever drafted that, so maybe there was a little more legs to that format than I gave it credit to. Hopped in another Dominaria, fired things off. I had, like, I think 1,750 gems or some weird number like that, O2'd it, and they're all gone. And like I was kind of fine, and I was like, okay, let's get back on the grind. I've got a good standard deck. It's it's going to be fine. It's not going to be a big deal. And and I mathed out what would have to happen for me to get to do another competitive draft without spending like real world dollars. And it's basically win twenty um, competitive constructed runs, and then win two quick drafts, and then I can do a competitive draft again. And after running all the numbers, I was at a 70% win rate in Limited, as close as we can figure, right? Like I spent about 30 minutes today trying to figure that out because you used to be able to go into log files and get that information, and it's not there anymore. Uh, So I I can't get it 100% accurate, but just based off of that, when I was 40 and 8, if I had just straight up lost, you know, four competitive drafts with no wins, and I, I think I had some wins in there, just not enough that would have put me at exactly 70%. So if 70% does not go infinite and that that didn't feel good.
0: Yeah, so one of the things and and people might think that magic players are entitled feel entitled or come off as entitled when they when they talk about going infinite or or the prize structure. And and I've been guilty of this too is is you know when people say like, you know, I'm I'm a 50% win rate player, I should not have to pay for magic kind of thing. You know, some of those things aren't realistic, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, a 70% win rate is kind of ridiculous when it comes to limited. Um, you know, the, the best players in the world um, maybe have 70% win rates against, you know, not so great players or terrible players. Um, but it's it's basically unsustainable for, for the majority of players. And to not be able to chain drafts together at a 70% win rate, I think that's a disservice to Magic players, especially Magic players that are coming from Magic Online. So... There's a difference between, I think, the paper drafters and the Magic Online drafters when it comes to um, getting what you think you should get for prizes when it comes to drafting. So on paper, you know, most stores, I imagine, at least all the stores that I've gone to, um, you know, your prizes get paid out in packs. And generally speaking, you can't use those packs to enter again. Some stores let you, some stores don't. But most of the ones around here don't let you do that. So you're always paying. You're always buying fresh prizes fresh product. You're always spending your $15 or $16 or whatever it is on your draft. So the paper players are kind of used to that, right? You get your packs, you crack them, you look for your rares for your standard deck or whatever, and and that's cool. But the people that play Magic Online, you know, we're basically looking to stretch our dollar as far as we can. And it's unfortunate to be on Wizard's end of this because, you know, they have to make their payouts good enough that people play, but then they're also like the majority of their player base is looking to quote-unquote go infinite or pay as much pay as little as possible i'm sorry so you know they're in a tough spot they have to make some money too obviously but you know where's that balance between making sure that your people that are playing you know feel like putting money in is a good investment and also that their time is well you know rewarded if they do well and that they get enough to come back and play again and and there needs to be a balance between those two things and i don't think that arena at least for the competitive drafts are there if you look at the constructed events or even the quick draft event, um I think those are reasonably good value. Um the the competitive constructed event, you know, going 3-2 gets you 500 gold extra plus some cards and you get about 2 hours worth of entertainment out of it. Um you know, that's a pretty good rate if you're a free-to-play player, I think. And the quick draft is also kind of appealing for a free-to-play player because it takes you about a week to get a draft and if you, you know, fire off a couple of good drafts in a row, you can buy back in with gems and you can kind of chain those together. Um, But there's really zero incentive for any player at all to put anything into competitive draft. And that means, you know, somebody buying in for $15 or $10 or whatever it costs to buy enough gems to do that. Um, And also the free to play player that says, well, I have these 1500 gems sitting around, what can I do with it? Um, Your answer is just go play quick draft. And, and, mm-hmm. and it, and it kind of sucks for the competitive draft because that means that it'll die off. Um, and I hope that Wizard sees the reason why it dies off um, is because that the people that play it can't continue to play it. Um, and it's, it's one thing like, so on Magic Online, you can kind of take your crack at the competitive draft queues if you wanted to. So when I used to play online poker, and actually, I mean, just poker in general, there's this concept of bankroll management. So what you'd have is you'd have your $100 on the online poker site or whatever, and there was very specific strategies around managing your your bankroll so that you didn't go broke on on online poker and you didn't have to make another deposit. And the idea was, is that you only spent a certain percentage of your bankroll as a buy-in to an event. So let's say that buy-in was uh, 5% of your bankroll. So if you had $100 in your bankroll, you'd spend $5 on a buy-in and you'd find a limit, uh, a no limit game or whatever that matched that buy-in. So that might be one cent, two cent, two cent, four cent, whatever that maximum buy-in of five dollars was, and that would be what you should be comfortable playing, because if you have a bad session, you know, and you're following good bankroll rules, then you'll still have a lot of money, and you'll be able to do that over and over and over again, but the idea is, is that when you start to make money, and you become a better player, that's when you take your shot at the higher, uh, the higher limit games, right, so if you double your bankroll, now you're playing two hundred dollars, now you move up to the $0.05, cent, $0.10 cent game or something like that, right? And the idea is that you grind that up um, so that you're not, A, you're not losing money. And you're kind of managing the swings. You're you're a consistent player. But also, B, you're rewarding yourself and you're trying to become a better player and move up so that eventually you can take money out and you're actually making money off the game. So on Magic Online, it's kind of the same idea. Or at least that's how I was approaching it at one point was, you know, I didn't want to put a lot of money in Magic Online, so I would play the swiss leagues or the swiss queues i'm sorry where you got a pack per win which was terrible value but if i you know i was very consistently going two and one in that event uh whether that be like one win or one loss two wins or or two wins one loss i was very consistently doing that so um, my costs were consistent even if it was a very bad expected value and what i would do is when i won one when i spiked one i would move up to the the six two two twos and you know start chaining those together and every time i would do well in one of those i would keep running that back until i got a three oh and then i would jump up to the eight four qs, right and i would stay in the eight four qs until i scrubbed out and lost all my packs and then basically then i would go back down to the uh to the swiss uh, to the swiss cues now that was terrible value because the swiss Qs were just awful uh, in general and i should have just been been playing six two two twos all along but you know you can't do that in arena you can't there's no in-between step between the the free-to-play or the, the quick draft queues and the competitive queues there's no realistic way to grind your way between those and then once you're in those competitive queues there's no way to stay there realistically like there's no player on earth that's going to maintain a 75 win rate or whatever it takes to go infinite and that's, I think it's, it's actually 80. And that's a, well. That's a disservice to, to players that come from Magic Online in general. Now, it might be, you know, the people that play paper might find that acceptable, but the people that play paper are probably not the people that are going to be dumping enough money into, into Magic Arena in order to be able to draft continuously. And I think that's the problem. I think there needs to be something in between the two and also a prize adjustment on the top end so that people that do do well... Like, you need the incentive to play well. You need the incentive to win, I think. Um, But, like, for somebody like me, if I look at it and say, like, well, look at what Travis did. He's a great player, better than me. And if he can't make it happen, then I'm just going to stick to to the quick draft cues or I'm going to stick to the constructed cues because I need to feel like I'm making progress. I need to feel like I'm trying to earn something as opposed to just, you know, yeah, I threw some money away and I had three hours worth of fun. You know, I like to have skin in the game. Like I've said before, I like to have something on the line but that's something on the line has to be something that I feel like is rewarding to me. And currently the prize payout is not rewarding from what I've seen on your stream.
1: You've summed a lot of it up there. I, I want to make sure I cover some bases because everybody on every forum and all over Reddit and everywhere else is whining about the economy and I'm not getting enough free stuff. And honestly, that frustrates me because I, I really think everything about Arena is balanced so well, except specifically the rewards for five and four wins in competitive draft. I don't even mind the buy-in. Like, for, from from my perspective, you, you mentioned the uh, competitive constructed queues. They're great, right? But my dream was to be a limited guy in Arena. I was figuring there would be a group of people who are playing limited, competitively, consistently, and streaming it on Arena. And that's that's actually good for Wizards. Now, if, if I'm good enough, and I think 70% should do it, then there's going to be people watching me who get excited about draft. And they're like, wow, I want to draft like Travis does. And then they buy in, and they can't go infinite. Right? So, like, that's where some of the money from Wizards comes from. And there's going to be times where I hit a dry spell or a format that I don't understand and my win percentage falls. Maybe it falls to 55, which is you know still quite good, but not good enough to go infinite. I don't mind injecting a couple dollars into it here and there. But if I'm going to make a career out of streaming a game, I, I, I can't be spending money on the game, right? Like I, I used the example on stream today. If I just immediately rebranded and said, we're only going to stream Hello Kitty Island Adventure from here on out. I spend $50 for that game and then I stream only that. There's no continuing investment to go in it. Now, I'm also going to go crazy because I don't want to play Hello Kitty Island Adventure. I want to play Magic. But, like, from a stream perspective, that makes sense. The, the other option is, like, I immediately grow to, you know, giant mega streamer status overnight and, you know, $500 donations are, you know, no big deal. Just something that happens every five minutes. Well, of course I'll drop $30 into the game every day. Like, there's nothing between that for me though. Like if I'm if I'm putting the money that that I'm earning back into the game so I continue to stream it, I'm really just subsidizing a hobby. So I I feel like right now Arena is fantastic if you want to play standard. I just felt like there was going to be something in there for the draftaholics, and that I I kind of got left because quick quick draft certainly isn't for me. It's fun and it's neat and it's nice, but I don't. I don't want to do that day in and day out. I don't want to draft against bots, and I want my best of three games. Whereas I understand competitive draft right now, I'm still drafting with bots. It is what it is. They just haven't programmed that in yet. We all are kind of under the impression that eventually that will be against other players. But I get best of three, and that's the part that frustrates me so much. Is it's so well done that that's what I want to be doing. And I'll I'll bring this up too. It's it's not that standard is bad. There's plenty of times that I've played Constructed, whether it be Standard or Modern, but it was because I wanted to. Either there was a PTQ coming up, or there was a cool deck. Like, hey, there's this Aetherworks Marvel deck. Let's see what that does. Or there's a Modern PTQ coming up. I want to practice for that and see if I can actually win it. So, like, there was some draw for me into Standard. And today, when I logged on and was like, I have to play somewhere around 80 games of Standard to get to do one draft that I want. Or... I can take, you know, half a day's worth of income and invest it in this game. Like that just didn't make sense. And it got me very frustrated. So I I feel like all that needs to happen is take that because the value is there, right? Like you've done the math on the value, like in, in competitive draft, you're actually
0: getting your values worth for your gems. Are you not? Um, I don't know about the gems, but definitely for the gold, right? Like you don't get gem payout, you get gold payout. Um, but if you're... Grinding your free to play gold and you're doing it that way it is very good value. Like you, you can go infinite at about fifty five percent.
1: Well, I, I'm even talking about competitive draft. Like if if you value the packs at somewhere mm-hmm. around one hundred fifty gems apiece, even though I'm, I understand that you know they cost a little more than that to buy, the value proposition is there. You just end up with a bunch of packs. Mm-hmm. Like while I was on that eighty percent streak. I was opening somewhere around 25 packs a day at the end of the stream and just kind of sitting there and clicking through them because I'd I'd already, I mean, I already have all the cards in the sets. So it's just sort of watching vault progress open up. And I'm I'm at the position now where I can build, I think, any standard deck that I want to. I just don't want to.
0: So I think the problem is, is one of the big things is that the packs have diminishing returns, right? So the first... 10, 20, 30 packs that you open um, are all cards that are added to your collection. Then you start to get the vault progress instead. And the problem is with that is that the vault progress doesn't contribute in a very good ratio compared to the value that is expected out of the packs, right? So if if you have a full collection of Dominaria and uh, like every single card and you open a pack of Dominaria for 200 gems or whatever it costs you, you get what? three four approximately five percent of vault progress maybe a little less than five percent of your vault progress but most of that just comes from the pack anyway right like you get three percent or whatever it is straight vault progress with every pack you open and then you get about one to one and a half percent vault progress i think depends on if you open a mythic or rare i don't remember the exact numbers um but but that's kind of ridiculous at that point um because the only thing you get out of of the pack's at the end of it when you're in your vault is like a mythic and a couple of rares and some uncommons. But at that point, if you have a full Dominaria collection, like the cards that you're likely needing to buy with that are, are probably next to nil at that point. Right? So it's just, it's, it's great if you need the packs and it's great if you were going to buy the packs anyway, but that's not what drafters want. And you talked about this last time is that drafters want to be able to draft and draft and draft again, and draft again. And they're going to build their collection through drafting, not cracking packs. So if it was an M19 set, let's say, and it's like your first time playing, heck yes, you're going to want those packs, right? You're going to say, sweet, let me crack those packs. It'll be fun to open. Oh, hey, look, we got a flashy mythic. Let's build a constructed deck around it. But by draft seven, eight, nine, you kind of don't care about that anymore. And that's that's not Wizard's fault. That's not Arena's fault. That's just the fact that you are going to be drafting it a ton. Yeah. um and and so then pretend that this this competitive draft can be entered with 15,000 gold instead of 1500 gems and your free to play player can play one of these every 3 weeks they're going to love those packs they're going to love that value proposition out of it they're going to love spiking it and getting 2100 gems at the other side and oh my god I got 6 packs that's great but the problem is is that you You're not going to do that. Like, you can't do that. There's no gold entry to this. So there's no, like, there's no audience for this. Like, it's not for draftaholics, like you said, and it's not for free-to-play players, like you said. It's not for the people that have a bunch of disposable income to sit down and play this because, I mean, maybe it is, but they're only going to do it, like, once or twice, and the packs aren't going to be good for them anyway because they probably bought 90 instead of, you know you know lunch for the week or something like that right there's (laughs) just but there's just nobody here that this fits now your situation is unique because you're a full-time streamer you're a professional streamer so i can respect that and when you say you know that that you can't put money into the game because streaming is your job you know i feel like maybe the average listener might think like like well why why does he get why does he deserve that right like why does why should he get that and, and not i but the thing is is that you're not expecting it because you're a streamer or because this is your job. You're expecting it because you're a good player and you play this game full-time and you've put your reps in. You know how to draft Dominaria. You know you know all the different archetypes and Hour of Devastation. You've put your time in. You've gone through the rough stretches. You've gone through the 50% win rate stretches. So it's like you're trying to do something you enjoy and part of that being able to do something you enjoy means that you need to be able to you know, spend as little as possible when you're grinding out hundreds of games. And the funny thing is, 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 you know, even though you're close to going infinite on Magic Online, you've probably put more money into Magic Online than an average player would over your lifetime. Probably. Would would you like that's I would say that that's true, right? Because you did your initial few investments and then you spiked, you know, a PPTQ top eight and you've been playing on that ever since. But before that, you were probably putting money in, right? You know, Mm -hmm. myself, you know, I've been playing for years on Magic Online, but I've put a couple hundred dollars in over that stretch easy. And the reason is, is because I can chain drafts together and because I can draft for cheaper than I can in paper and because I can, you know, take those six packs that I win and run it up to an 8-4 or whatever or something like that. And I can't do that in paper. But if the proposition on Magic Online was that, you know, I couldn't get those prizes out of it, or, you know, or I couldn't chain these drafts together, I would not have put any money into Magic Online. I would have just said, forget it. I'll go play Duels of the Planeswalkers until I get bored of that, and then I'll do something else. So, and I think most of the competitive players are the same as us. I think they're the same. They're looking for that same value proposition. And then the free-to-play players or maybe the more casual players, you know, they just want to draft their once a week or their twice a week, and they still can't even do that with this competitive queue. That's not something that they can do because there's no way to get there. Um, Like you said, it's it's not realistic for them to go to quick draft and chain a couple of those together and then jump it up to competitive. Why would they? Because they could just continue to play quick draft, right? It's Mm -hmm. like you win two quick drafts, you get your 1500 gems, and it's like, well, if I do that, then I can't do another quick draft, so I'll just do another quick draft. Like, at what point are they going to jump to the competitive queues? And I do know that there is these intermediate ones coming, but we just don't know what they look like. I hope to I hope to goodness that that they are that they change the price structure on both of these and they make the intermediate the gateway to the competitive one so that you can do that bankroll management so you can feel like you progress and if you have a couple of bad games in the competitive you can go back down and spend your gold on the intermediate chain a couple of those together while still playing best of 3 and hopefully get back to that competitive without potentially spending money but if you feel like you're being rewarded out of your game time that's the other thing right when I buy a video game, I sit down and I buy a $50 video game and I get 50 hours of gameplay out of it. I feel rewarded. I feel like, great, I put my money to good use. But if you go and spend $15 on a competitive draft on Magic Arena and you get two hours worth of value and you get nothing out the other side, nah, there's not really any incentive to do that again, right? So for me, I haven't put a dollar in Magic Magic Arena. And I do feel bad because I said that I would, but I just don't see a reason to. You know, I've... I've I have no desire to play the competitive queues and I have enough gold to play the quick draft queues when Dominaria comes back. Like, give me a reason to and I'll give you my money. That's kind of where I'm at right now. See, I I felt like there was a reason and it's weird for me to be,
1: I'm passionate about this because I care and because it's very important to me. I want to keep playing Magic. I want to keep drafting. That's what I want to do. But I have spent money on this. Uh, When draft first came out, uh, like you could do it with gold, but I'd spend all my gold on packs and playing in the flash events cause I'm streaming and that's what people wanted to see. So I put in 20 bucks to do the first couple rounds of quick drafts. And I was able to draft over the weekends with those and chain enough of them together and then, you know, complete some quests and have some gold that like, that wasn't a problem. And that just kind of sat there. And it was a steady little level that just kind of went up and down because realistically I could only get in like something like six drafts every weekend maybe eight tops so i just couldn't do enough to burn through it and it it wasn't a problem and then as things rolled around like i'm playing constructed which is not my favorite thing it's best of one which is not my favorite thing and it's not full standard it's this weird you know, in-between thing, which is not my favorite thing. But like, I know my thing's coming. Competitive draft is coming. So I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll play Constructed. We'll play this new new program. And people seem to like watching it. And I saw a big spike in viewership as well as support, like my subscriber base went up. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to go ahead and invest in this. This is my future as a streamer. And I, I suppose that's, that's where I feel like the trust was broken because I dropped a hundred bucks on it. I did a huge pack opening. And we built, I think, three tier one decks, so that you know we weren't just playing mono red all day. Now we could play blue white control, we could play Esper control, we could play the gimmicky Bolus deck that I built, we could play green red monsters, like we could play mono white knights. Like we had a bunch of different decks we could play, and it was actually kind of fun. And I felt like I understood the meta and things were going well. And I'm like, but soon there's going to be that competitive draft for me. And then when it came out, like I'd I'd already used all of the resources that I'd put in so far. And some people have said, well, it's not that bad because when they do the wipe, you'll get the gems refunded. And and that's true, right? Like $120 worth of gems is going to go me a long way towards doing competitive drafts. But unless something's done about the prize structure, I'm going to be right back here in X number of time, right? Like it might be six months. It might be three weeks. I don't know exactly how long it will take. But I know that if 80% is what's necessary for you to go infinite, I'm not going to be able to do that. Now, if it's drop 120 bucks on the game every six months, you know, maybe that's something I can get behind. And it's also Wizards' prerogative to be like, hey, we set up free-to-play for Constructed, and you can grind out your decks, and if you want to draft, you're going to have to pay for it. That's their prerogative, too. I I think they're missing the boat if they decide to do that, and I, I think it limits growth. Uh, too, because I, I really think there's a big deal in like having an elite group that's able to go infinite and then people that are chasing that. And like maybe the bar set where I'm not in the elite group, I'm the one chasing it. As long as that dream is there, I'm okay with that. Uh, but when I when I, when I I get a win rate that that's high, that's that high and it doesn't work, I I feel kind of like I got gypped. Like I put $120 in this and I didn't get what I wanted
0: out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's like enough to buy a th- Four copies of Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Maybe if you buy a four-pack we you can play some multiplayer. I mean, I could, like, quad box it and level really quickly. There you go. Yeah, so I think it, it, it's tough because when I play Magic Online, I recognize that I'm playing a card game. When I'm playing Magic Arena, I feel like I'm playing a video game. Do you know what Isn't I mean? Isn't that neat? It's, 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 it's funny how different that is when it's the exact same game but the difference between Magic Online and a video game to me is that a video game feels like it should be a one-time purchase, right? And maybe I buy some DLC every six months, and I feel like, you know, I can go and play Subnautica, which I bought for $50, and I can play it for 10 hours, you know, on the weekend, and I can really enjoy my time and and feel like I'm getting value for my $50. But Arena, you know, it doesn't feel like that value's there currently. Um... But I am spending my time on it, which is good. So, like the free to play, I'm enjoying the free to play. Don't get me wrong, and I will put money in. I just need to buy that welcome bundle, and I need to to find an excuse to drop some money in. It's just that excuse is just not quick draft, and I'm really hoping that the intermediate draft is what is what we're looking for. Now, I know that you have your sights set on that competitive draft at the top, but you know if they come out tomorrow with an inter- intermediate draft that's you know whatever 7,500 gold to enter or 500 gems, and the prize payouts are at the top. Or a thousand gems right sign me up exactly right it doesn't even need to be that great it needs to be that you can chain them together or at least not lose your shirt if you go O2 a couple of times in a row right so um i know a lot of people on magic online a lot of streamers play the intermediate queues and they're not the best expected value at all but again they do that because of the swings right and they do that because you can chain them together
1: <laughs> That's not why they do that. They well, do that because they think it's cool to lead the trophy boards. Well, so they play against players that aren't as good as them. Which, I mean, if, if that's your strategy and it's fun, go for it. But
0: uh, that's not for me. No, you shouldn't be throwing shade like that. The other reason is, is that because there's 8,000 people that play in that queue and there's 800 people that play in the competitive queue.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can throw a little bit of shade because I went to stream the competitive one today. And like I, I understand because I sat in a queue for eight minutes... And I was like, you know what? This just isn't worth it. And I went to the intermediate one and was right in. So like, I'll throw a little bit of shade because I think (laughs) it's funny. But in in truth, I I don't think I could sit there and stream them towards the end of a format like this. Like we're going to have the new course set in like two weeks on Magic Online or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it's when when the new set is just out, the competitive drafts are great. After that, you're waiting 10 minutes for a game. And that's not fun for anybody either.
0: No. And I would argue that if all of the people are tro- trophy hunting in the intermediate queues, then the intermediate queues are pretty tough. Yeah, they're getting better. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs>
1: I've had some good gameplay experience. I had some good gameplay experiences today. And to be fair, this did drive me back to Magic Online, and I did a cube draft, and it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It was kind of fun. I had a sweet little deck. We had all these colors. Like it, It was neat.
0: It was neat. It's just, it's, it's funny that the people that come into the stream and they're like, oh, you're playing magic online. I wish I could see all the cards. I wish I could mouse over and see the cards like I can with the extension in arena. And you're like, yeah, sorry. Or like, it it was amazing. The viewer drop when I went from streaming arena
1: drafts to doing a cube draft, like 75% of the audience just vanished. And I can appreciate that. Like you've got to be pretty heavily enfranchised to like understand what cube is. Mm. even if you've got somebody explaining you through it like it's like hey guys this is like a greatest hits of magic but people just don't want to watch it it's it's just not as good to watch
0: cube is tough to watch to be honest cube is is i i wonder if like if dominaria would be a little bit better and there's still some streamers that get a lot of viewers for dominaria on magic online right so yeah but you have found your niche right and it, it sucks that you can't give that back to your audience so um I you hope that somebody from wizards is listening and like don't get us wrong like we love we love arena we love magic we're probably going to spend the next 20 minutes talking about how much we love magic just you know help us help you is where i'm going with that help us bring more money to your platform more players to your platform by showcasing what Limited is and how much fun it is because it really is the best way to play magic i think um and, and i think there's a lot of people out there that think that as well um and arena is a very good way to showcase Limited magic. So um, that extension that we use, Deckmaster, I think it's called. That Fugi mm-hmm. wrote. Uh, shout out to him. We ever. I don't think we've really talked about this on stream, but um, it's it's super interactive for the people that are watching. They can mouse over the cards on the screen and get a full screen, you know, blow up of of the card. They can see the cards in the graveyard. They can see the cards in your deck when you're drafting, and they can vote on picks which is huge. So not only is there no timer in draft, which is great because you can talk to your chat and you can get feedback and you can talk them through what your picks are, but now they can vote on your picks if you're running this extension. And like, where have we ever been able to do that in any kind of capacity that has been manageable outside of arena? Like it's a huge uptick in the interactivity of a magic stream and we're only scratching the surface of this this is something that was done by somebody outside of wizards this was done by somebody that actually works at twitch i believe Mm -hmm. um and like we're in beta like think of all the things that we can do with this eternal has this similar plugin where you can see the deck overlay and things like that right so like there's all of this untapped potential for arena and i feel like we're just on the cutting edge of a lot of this stuff so we need this to succeed. You need this to succeed. I mean, me, whatever, I get like 20 viewers. It's no big deal, but you need this to succeed and Wizards needs this to succeed. And I think I think both of those have to happen together. Um, and it's not just you, it's the general you. It's anybody that's streaming. It's anybody that's trying to play it seriously, which I think are probably streamers only. Like, I don't think anybody else is taking this fully seriously without there being any kind of pro scene. Um, but, you know, Wizards is all about the Twitch viewers lately, right? They They've got that partnership with Twitch now. They've been. Uh, they've got their content creator program that um, that they launched a couple of months back. Um, they have streamers going to the pre pre release. They have all of these things that they're trying to do, and it's all centered around Twitch. And, you know, they need people to be able to play, streamers to be able to play, everybody needs to be able to play and feel like they're they're making progress in the game because, like I said, it's a video game. And if you're not feeling like you're getting rewarded, then you're gonna go spend those video game dollars somewhere else. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll wrap it up with, I, I, I only care because it's so good. Like, the, the draft experience for me on Arena was 100 times better than Magic Online. And going back to Magic Online just felt like, oh my god, this is awful. And it's not awful. Magic Online's still great. It's the best, it's the best way to play Magic in your underwear currently if you want to draft and go infinite. <laughs> but, like, it, it was such a better experience in the Arena Client. That, that that's what got me riled up was like, I want to do that. And again, I, I don't mind dropping money in it. It just, it can't be the levels that they're asking for right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So in conclusion, Ar- arena is great. Just needs a little bit of work.
1: Yeah. A- a- again, I-, I think every single thing about arena is fantastic. I want to see the prizes for four and five wins in competitive draft change so that I can keep drafting. That's it. Yep.
0: And and it's not just for you, it's for everybody, right? It's for the people, even the casual drafter. You know, you got to feel rewarded going 50. You just you just have to or else you're not going to draft anymore. So.
1: Well, yeah, that that was the thing about playing in the 8 fours back in the day, right? Like mm-hmm. you'd lose a couple and feel rough and then you win one, and you're like, "Oh my god, I got 8 packs." I've got, you know, two and a half drafts ready to go this is awesome. I'm drafting all weekend off of this. And you know, and then you come in second one, you're like, well, I got four packs, you know, that's, that's a draft and a little bit towards the next one. And like, it was that exciting moment when you spiked it. And that's what I'm looking for. Instead of, I got all these packs to open that I don't
0: want. Yep. Again, I think the easiest solution is just convert those packs to their equivalent in gems, give or take. And I think, I think you've got a great payout. Yeah. Agree. Agree.
1: All right. So cheer me up. So
0: it's funny because I knew you were having a rough day and I was thinking of topic ideas. And one of the things that I thought of was like, why do we play Magic? Why do we torture ourselves so much when we play Magic? (laughs) And so with nothing else to talk about, because Dominary is on its way out, M19 full spoilers aren't quite out yet. It's funny, the pre pre release is actually a week earlier this week, which means the spoilers are a week earlier. So we have like a, a week of like dead content we have to figure out. So we we're gonna have to figure that out next week. But I wanted to take you back, you know, to when Travis was having fun playing Magic, so like a week ago. Yeah. So like, let I wanted to, you know let's let's do a, let's do a profile. Let's share with the listeners. Maybe we have new listeners. Maybe we have people that have been listening a while. But it's like, why do we even play this game? Why do we think that this is one of the best games ever created? Why did I watch the beta draft? Why did I stay up to like? two in the morning watching the beta draft at gp vegas the other day like why why do i care so much about this why do i look at spoiler season on reddit why do i follow all these magic people on twitter why do i care so much about this game can and and the same goes for you why do we play this game so travis first let's start why is limited the best magic format
1: I think a big part of why I think limited is the best format is also a part of why I was so grumpy about having to play standard as opposed to wanting to play standard, and that with limited, the only thing that you bring to the table for that battle is your wits. You come in unarmed. You build your deck on the spot like a gunslinger in the Wild West. Now if you want to play standard and you actually want to be good at it, you can't just show up with the deck. You need to read the articles, you need to listen to the podcast, you need to check the meta game, you need to have that 1% edge in your sideboard with that secret tech. You need to watch the Star City opens so you can know what's going to happen. And there's all this stuff to do outside of the game before you get to play the game. And for me that was a, a, I'm I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but you know hold my hand, we'll take a walk. At, That's one of the things I didn't like about Magic Online is like, I win three drafts. Now I've got to go sell some cards to get tickets to go with the packs. It's like the stuff I have to do that's not playing the game. I just want to play the game. And I felt like with Limited, that's exactly what it is. It's sit down and play the game.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. So the reason I like Limited was because I didn't have a standard deck that's where i started (laughs) that's reasonable too right so it's like i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna play this this draft format where it's not quote-unquote pay to win so there's this evil language in the world where pay to win is this terrible thing but oh i got thunder outside great okay i apologize if my audio recording cuts off right here and if my power goes out but Anyway, so I would go in into this environment that everybody says was pay to win, and I would say, look, I can play this game over here that's not pay to win, I can pay the same as everybody else, and then they all crushed me anyway, because it, it it's not necessarily pay to win, but if you have a lot of draft experience, you've basically paid to crush a new player. And that's where I got, that's where I cut my teeth in competitive magic, was this limited or sealed format, um, but basically draft or sealed at the same time, and I agree with you. It's so good to come in and sit down and say I have nothing and I'm going to build something from nothing to the best of my ability and then compare myself to my peers. So it's like the ultimate form of competition is that, you know, it's like it's like the Battle Royale of Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Right. That's, that's
1: a good way to think of it. You're... And I, You know, I, I take I take issue with people saying magic is pay to win because it's not. It's pay to play. And so is just about every game that's ever been invented. Right. Like. That's just kind of how they work. So, yes, if someone spends $200 for a deck and you spend $50, they are probably going to beat you because you didn't pay to
0: play. Pay to compete. Yeah, pay to compete. That's I think that's a better way because you can play Magic for free. Sure. Yeah, like I can take my welcome decks, two welcome desk decks, and smash them together and go play Friday Night Magic and go 0-4. But Or you, play them at the kitchen table with your
1: daughter and have a blast.
0: Exactly, right. But it's definitely pay to compete when you play any other format. And that's that is the appeal of limited. So the other thing I like about limited is that you know you're you're stuck with what you're given, right? Sometimes you get a bad seed in the draft, sometimes you gotta you get a bad seal pool and you gotta make things work with it. So it's like you talked about finding edges when you're playing standard is is metagaming or like finding that tech for your sideboard or reading those extra articles. Finding your edges in draft is like looking at the 40 cards in front of you and finding something that's like, maybe I should be main decking this, right? Like maybe is this format an 18 land format or a 17 land format? What does my experience tell me? Can I play three opts in this deck? Like, is my deck good enough to play those ops or should it be playing something else? You know, there's there, there's all of these little tiny edges you can find in draft that add up in the long run. And that's what makes the, the great drafters great and the good drafters not quite as great. So I think I'm I'm definitely not a great drafter. I feel like I'm a good drafter, but I also, you know, feel like I can see some of those edges starting to appear in my game and I can see myself when I'm drafting that I'm drafting in certain directions and I'm starting to become a great limited player. Um, And, and that's why I'm enjoying limited because I think the repetition and I think the different formats are challenging and I'm finally kind of turning that corner. Whereas I feel like when I'm playing standard, and maybe this just is because I haven't really played a lot of standard, it feels like I'm just going through the motions a lot of the time, right? And it's like, oh, I got my my Heart of Cure and Fatal Push, that's right, I should have played around that, and then it's like, I'm just going to do it again next time, right? Like, I, I haven't quite picked up those patterns yet, um, but Limited, I feel like I've got a really solid knowledge base underneath me. I mean, we talk about Limited all the time here, so that's probably the reason I think why I like limited the most is where it's where I got my start. It's what I've been playing all along. And now I feel like I've kind of established myself. You know, I can sit down at at a draft table with anybody um, and feel like I can hold my own. And that's really cool. That's a really good feeling.
1: It makes you feel like you're smart and like, you're able to kind of show that and communicate that you're smart and that you're good at something. And those are positive reinforcements and good feelings. Mm -hmm. Like that's probably what got me into magic when I won a game and knew it was because of a decision I made, not because of the cards that were drawn or Mana Flood or Mana Screw. It was, I did this and that made me win. And it's, it's moments like that, which, you know, happen two or three times a day if you play Magic for eight hours. But if you play casually, you might only get one of those once every two weeks or so. And God forbid you miss them. You might even, you know, they might be there and you don't see them and you only get one once a month. But that feeling when you get it, I honestly think that's probably why
0: I play Magic. Do you golf? No. You've never golfed? No. So, so there's there's a, I don't remember how the saying goes in golf, but like when you go to the to the, your tee box and you hit one and it's like a great drive and you're just a terrible player overall, that's the feeling that makes you come back to play golf again. Like, the rest of the round could have just sucked. You could have shot, a like, a 120 and just had this awful round. But you remember that one time that you hit the green on a par 3 on your first shot and you had a chance for birdie, and you're like, this is why I come back to play golf is because of that one single shot. And that's what, you know, that's what feeling smart about, like, when you play Magic and you make that great play, you're like, you feel like you're rewarded. You feel like, like all of the work that you have put in has come to this single moment. This one draft this one game where you're about to go 3-0 in, in a competitive draft on magic online. And you're like, I can do it. I can taste it. And you get there and you're like, yes, I'm going to come back and play again because that's, that's that reinforcement, right? Magic mm-hmm. is, is a game. Like you look at team sports. I play team sports and I can do all these things well individually but my team can still lose, right? Or I can do a lot of things poorly and my team can still win. Sometimes I feel like I'm not contributing. Magic is like the ultimate in individual competition um, because of, well, first of all, it's mental, right? So you don't have to worry about physical strength or anything like that, which is great for somebody like me (laughs) and me And, and a lot of people in general. Right. I think when they play magic, but everything is you specifically you when you're limited, right? Like, when you're when you're playing constructed, you know you can take somebody else's deck and you don't necessarily have to put that together. But when it comes to limited, you're like you're looking at your pool by yourself and you're building your draft pool by yourself, assuming you're not streaming, and getting help from the chat. But they're you know, very helpful. When you 3-0, it is a it, it feels like an accomplishment to you. You know, you put the hard work in, and you've rewarded yourself with that win. And if you 0-2, you know it sucks because you don't have anything else to fall back on. Um, but you can take it as a learning opportunity and kind of you know reevaluate your game or adjust your game and, and go forward. So I, th- I think I mean, that's why limited is the ultimate kind of experience when it comes to magic.
1: It's the same reason, like we we talk some about other games here, but it's the same reason why there's a difference between Borderlands and PUBG, right? Like I loved Borderlands 2. The story was fantastic, it was neat to play through and shoot the bad guys in the head. But once I'd completed the story, I was like, okay, I finished the game and I set it aside. But in PUBG, when I land and pick up a shotgun and blow somebody's head off, I'm like, that was a person. They were trying to kill me and now they're not playing the game. They're back in the lobby waiting for another one to happen, but I'm still here. Like that that satisfaction of I beat somebody. There was another person competing with me and I won. Like that just feels good. And you get the opportunity for that constantly in magic, uh, especially if you play the amount of it that I do. Like
0: it's it's probably a bit addicting. Maybe I'm addicted to magic. I think a lot of people are. I think um you know the, the satisfaction of winning, the satisfaction of, of the pure competition, um, but also the satisfaction of being becoming a better player is, yeah. is good too, right? So it doesn't matter what format you play, um, you know, if you take the game seriously, and I think a lot of people do. I think most of the people not most of the people, I think a good number of the people that play magic are interested in getting better at the game, right? There's a subsection of people that are just interested in having fun. There's a subsection of people that are just interested in winning. But then there's also like, a, you know, the Venn diagram, there's a large portion in the middle that can have fun and, and try to get better. Um, so when I do any kind of competition, whether that's sport or magic or board game, let's say I'm always trying to improve my game. I'm always trying to get better because I find that fun. Right, so winning in some games, uh, some games is is 100 my goal. So Magic the Gathering, I'm always trying to win. Sometimes board games, I'm not necessarily necessarily always trying to win. Depends on the group that I'm playing with, but I'm always trying to improve my strategies. I'm always trying to learn something because I feel like that improves my mind. Right, it it, it lets me see problems, whether they be work problems or personal problems, from different perspectives because I can apply the things that I learn in games or competition in general to things that I encounter in real life. So for me, that mental exercise of always trying to improve and always trying to, to get better, always trying to win, you know, magic is the perfect outlet for that for me, because there's always a new format, right? Every three months is a new set that comes out. Um, I can always challenge myself. I can watch other people draft or play magic and I can learn from them. I can learn from reading articles. There's all of these sources of information that I can then boil down into my game and try to apply those things. And and I think that's great. I think I improve at least, maybe not as a person, but at least my problem solving skills. You know, my my uh, my ability to approach different scenarios and and have kind of experiences all culminate into one decision point. I think is really cool. Is also being able to predict the future, right? Like I am a top deck calling god <laughs> you, on you, Magic Online. You really are. Um, but like. You know, this goes back to my poker playing days too, where you used to put your opponents on hands, right? it used to call their hands out and say, well, "I think you've got a pair of kings, so I'm going to play this way." Um, you know, playing on Magic online and, and thinking about all of the possibilities of what they could have in their hand also applies to decision making in real life, right? Whether that be playing sports or driving down the road or whatever, right? You you can kind of use that critical thinking, those those skills that you've learned playing Magic. Um, and apply those to those real life situations. So I think it's really cool. I mean, it sounds like this, it's the whole like, you know, I don't know, Tony Robbins, like next level thinking, you know, how to be a better person kind of thing. But it's not, it's just like all of these little tiny exercises that you do hundreds of times in a game of magic become so natural that you start applying them just in everyday life. It's it's really cool. That's how you become a wizard. That is exactly how you become a wizard. So I call my opponents top decks when I'm driving all the time. I say, this guy's not going to put a signal light on. <laughs> That's so great. I, I so I give him twenty feet of space so that I, I don't rear end him and it works out every single time. God, Canadian drivers are terrible. That's the one thing nobody ever
1: tells anybody outside of the country. Like you guys are the nicest people on the planet, and none of you can drive. I I resemble that remark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think for me going forward is like the the funny part is two weeks ago I was happily playing constructed all day. And having no issue with it all and having a blast, I just need to learn to love Constructed and play some Constructed on there and have faith in Wizards that maybe competitive draft isn't the thing, right? Like we talked some at the very beginning of arenas, they were introducing new formats, that Quick Constructed and Ladder Constructed sounded like Ladder was the competitive one and Quick was the casual one and it was the opposite, So it's possible they just named this the wrong thing. Maybe this was supposed to be value draft. And whatever they're going to bring out next is actually like top heavy prize reward draft. But instead they'll call it intermediate draft. That's fine by me. You can call it whatever you want. I just want to make sure I can keep doing it. So I'm going to have faith that Wizards will eventually get to something that I can draft consistently here. And if they don't, there's always magic online. Or who knows? Maybe I'll I'll have a
0: newfound love for Mildex in Arena. There you go. There have been some fun constructed decks that I've played against in Arena. I'm surprised at how diverse the meta is. So that is a reason to play, is that you get to see a lot of cool decks that you'll never build.
1: Yeah.
0: Or see a cool deck and then be like, you know what, I'm going to build that. That's true. There's the Artifact Storm deck that looks really cool. If you've got, yeah. like, 30 wild cards sitting around, go for it. I do, actually. <laughs> there you go. I think, you know what, I think I think the the amount of time you'll have to suffer quote unquote suffer not playing uh limited on Magic Arena. I think it won't be that long. I think M nineteen will come around. You'll probably play a few there. Um and then, you know, mid July maybe we'll see the next update. Who knows? Maybe we'll see uh our intermediate drafts come out fairly quickly. And actually Singleton comes out I think fairly quickly too, doesn't it? It's it's releasing tomorrow. And I'm I'm pretty excited for that. Like the, the prize
1: structure for that is exactly the same has the price structure for Quick Constructed. their best of ones. It looks like a great way to build a starter deck. Like, I can, I can play that tomorrow.
0: There you go. So maybe maybe that's something to keep you occupied until M19 Shyamalan comes out.
1: All right.
0: I'm I'm, I'm never calling it that. M19 Shyamalan. No, you're not calling it that? I think we will. No, that's, that's really bad. No, it's really good. That's, that's not going to be a podcast title. That is absolutely the name of our next podcast. All right. Yes, I got him. Hear that? Podcast listeners, we got them. All right, so are we done? Are, are we done with our strongly worded letter and are talking ourselves back into playing Magic again?
1: Yeah, I've said my piece, and it all comes down to I really love this game, and I, I also really love streaming, and I want to be successful streaming this game. That's how passionate I am about it. If, if I wasn't, I'd have gone to something that had a bigger viewer base You know, two years ago, but the, the, my, my primary goal is to be a successful streamer. And my other primary goal is to be a
0: successful magic streamer. Like the, the two are kind of intertwined. There you go. Well, we'll do our best to get you there. And I hope, and I hopefully, like I said, hopefully somebody at Wizards is listening and I'm sure that they are. There's a lot of feedback on the forums, on Twitter, on Reddit, all this stuff. So we're not the first ones to talk about this. We won't be the last.
1: I sent them this feedback and I sent it in positively worded, And said everything about Arena's great. You know, again, specifically, four and five wins in competitive drafts suck. Here's how you can fix it. Did they respond? No. But, I mean, I don't expect a personal response. I just want to make sure that they're receiving the feedback. Yeah. Somebody read it. Yeah. And again, it's it's beta. Like there's all sorts of bugs that pop up and I'll be like, yeah, but it's beta. And I'll give them a pass on that. The reason I'm zeroed in on this one is because it was the one that was like the most important to me, but like there's time it can be fixed. And like I said, whenever the intermediate draft or whatever, the next one comes out, maybe that's my thing. And it's also entirely possible. Like I said, that wizards is like, you know, Hey, arena is for playing constructed and you can buy drafts. Magic online is where you want to go draft infinitely. Like, Those are decisions they can make and they're not ones that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I would be unhappy about that, but I'm not going to be up in arms if they just come right out and say
0: it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, we'll, we'll see what their kind of long-term goal is here. Like we're not even in open beta yet. There's still an account wipe to come, so they're still tweaking all the knobs, but that's why we're giving them feedback here, right? There's no point, no time like the present to let them know how we feel. Yeah. Right. And I feel better getting that off my chest. Thank you for letting me hijack us tonight. Oh, no problem. We needed a topic anyway, so it, let me know if you want to rant about it next week, too. Okay, I, I I think I'll be over it by then. All right, sounds good. Well, that's going to wrap us up here, then. Uh, thanks to Mana Deprived and FaceToFaceGames.com for the host and all of the support. If you want to check us out on Twitter, we're at MenFromMoto, and uh, we have a Patreon. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast that way, you can check us out. We're at Patreon.com slash MenFromMoto. Where can they catch you not grinding arena competitive drafts this week? Oh, the daggers, man.
1: Uh, Twitch.tv e m S-E-M-U-L-I-N. I'm also on Twitter under
0: the same name. And I'm at DCivilian. That's D-S-A-V-I-L-L-I-A-N on Twitter and Twitch. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.
1: Adios.